I'm Jay Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. In three, two, one. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. Are you going to leave the claps in on the edit? Or actually, I'm going to edit this one. Should I leave the claps in? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, well, wait. I think you should leave when we say clap. Oh, you mean the actual the actual clap. claps? Because otherwise, when you talk about clap clap, it doesn't make any sense out of context. Yeah, you might just want to fade it in though, because I bet you it's really loud. Yeah. Sorry if I blow off your eardrums. Yeah. Sorry if we did. You wouldn't be able to hear us say sorry anyway if we did. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to hear anymore. That's a fair point. Yep. Tough. Tough times. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what's up with you? Ah, uh, not too much. I have this little invention here. I don't know if you can. You mean obviously Ooh. the listener can't yeah. see it. Because they don't have the it's camera. A circuit circuit boardy looking thing. On yeah. Some kind of what is it like a motion sensor? It looks no. Like so sensor. my kids wanted to be able to click faster in Minecraft to do this like bridging technique, and they were like oh, okay. practicing the ways how they could click faster. And I'm like, I reckon we can code a solution to click faster. So huh. I got this Arduino, and okay. this one can emulate a mouse, and then it's got these two buttons on here. Hang on. Is that a USB can... port on the end? Yeah, it's a USB port. Can you hear the clicking? No. I, I mean, I can. Oh, you can. So hopefully the listener can hear it. And so when you push this button, when you hold it down, it goes into this little loop where it just pushes like a left click or right click, just spams it as fast as you possibly can go. And this thing can get, wow. I think, 35 clicks per second. So they're like suddenly the best at this game. I said they're not allowed to use it on any like servers with like real people because it's cheating and i wanted to you know instill good ethics in them but i also wanted to teach them the cool stuff you can do with electronics you know they're using it on those they're not it's right here in my hand okay all right i i because you took it away i supervise the usage of it they'd be using it (laughs) probably yeah that's funny that's cool so does it does it have two buttons just to complete the story yeah so it started off as just like I can't remember if they wanted left click or right click. So I did it just as one. And then they're like, oh, can you make it do the other one? So we changed the code so that it did the other click. And then they wanted to change it back. And I'm like, look, let's go get another button. They were the classic client. Yeah, exactly. They were. So I'm like, all right, let's go get another button. And then we changed the code a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can you make it also do this? We really wanted it to do that instead. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Nice. Nice. It was a fun project. Yeah. And then, and you know, you do all that and then they don't even see like all these other cool things that you end up doing on it. Like the fancy wiring or, you know, the fact that it's a USB hookup or something. I think they're like, for them, it's pretty janky. Cause like, you know, they've got a regular mouse that's got a nice, you know, plastic shell and that. And I'm just oh, presenting sure, yeah. this like breadboard with two buttons and some wires exposed on it. Yeah. For those that can't see, like there's wires coming out of this thing, like the backside of it's the silicone board. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. It's only one side of it is, is smooth. Yep. The rest is hardcore circuitry. Don't <laughs> electrocute yourself. Yeah. Well, five volt probably won't hurt too much. It's, you know, teach them a lesson maybe. <laughs> if you put your tongue on it. <laughs> Told you not to use that on the server. <laughs> yeah. But speaking, speaking of, uh, you know, polished, polished interfaces and and Easter eggy kind of features mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, and things that people will, will never see probably. I thought we could just do a shorter episode this time and talk about some of those things inside of the workbench, like that last ten percent. You know, we kind of complained about, but at the same time, it did give it like some of this fun polish. And you had actually just tweeted the other day about 
those onboarding screens. So it just kind of got me thinking like, you know, let's, let's chat about some of those things inside of the workbench and maybe the, the people that are listening and, and using it, you know, maybe you'll learn something or be like, oh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the Easter eggs is a great thing. Like, as soon as you said that, it made me think of like the old school software where, you know, you'd have a lot more of that sort of stuff there. The author of the software would like put their mark on the software in some oh, way, yeah. whether it's like cool little code comments or little hidden Easter eggs. Like the ASCII art and the, and the huge like header comment. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that sort of stuff doesn't happen nearly enough anymore these days, you know, like coding standards and that. It's like, oh, no comments, no, no personality. I think Laravel had that though. Oh yeah, the dragon. Hang on. Here's, here's yet another thing I can show people that can't see i've got a little dragon sticker yep. oh you've got the you've got the hologram nice yeah sweet we'll link to it in the show notes yeah i'll link to it in the show notes that was from yaz ninja parade thanks yaz so yeah workbench like easter eggy things i don't know if they're like count as easter eggs but there are certainly a lot of like little power user features that we added here and there mm-hmm. as we spoke about previously the initial version of the workbench on the cloud version use this like YAML thing we could create builds and all that and then we for the desktop app we're like no we just want a one click just click it done but we already had the YAML version of that so one of the features is that you can actually still toggle back to the original interface which we call editor mode so that's a pretty handy one and we created keyboard shortcuts for all of that because you know keyboard shortcuts are cool for power users Um, yeah so that one's command shift e exactly uh, those that are on the Mac, and if you're not on a Mac, it's Control Shift E. Yeah. Do you normally do you say the Control word first, or sh- would you have said Shift Control E? No, Control Shift E. Okay. Feels weird to throw the Shift in there. Sometimes when I see keyboard shortcuts explained, I would have expected when they're like Control plus capital E, my mind automatically thinks I'm supposed to hold the Shift key because it's a capital E. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you, you know mean. What I mean. Yeah. Yeah, with like a Vim like could, shortcut, like they tend to yeah. just put, you know, if it's a capital or a lowercase, but for most things, yeah, I don't know. And I think that I think I'm old enough to remember those kind of Unixy commands that 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 mattered and so I never I never got used to seeing the word shift, shift or the, you know the the big capital kind of up arrow. But now, you know, now when I see it I'm like, uh, yeah, it's obvious, but yeah. I don't know. Initially, sometimes I'll every now and then I'll see a, a capital. So anyway, this is truly yeah. uh, control shifty or command shift. The thing that always used to get me when I was on a Mac was like all the little symbols they had for alt and option and command. Yeah. And like if you didn't have a Mac keyboard with the symbols in front of you and you're just looking at some regular generic keyboard, you're like, oh, is that shift or alt or whatever? So, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm still I still mess that up every now and then the alt one yeah or option option yeah so switching to editor mode is is much more like a GitHub Actions if you're familiar with that you kind of drop in a mul- multiple you know tasks and th- that's really the kicker for still running in editor mode or like the cloud based version is to run multiple tasks at a time so even though we kind of made this one click thing we wanted it to be super ready to use but there are scenarios where you might want to run multiple and more importantly in editor mode you can actually save that yaml file to be able to run later cuz there's actually been a couple support emails or I've seen on the issues people asking like oh this is great tool I built up all these things to run on our projects and I want to share it with the team and it's like yeah that's in there it already Boom, exists closed issue yeah it's pretty fun yeah. when you can like do that but then it also points out that 
maybe we didn't do the best job of advertising the feature as well. <laughs> exactly. I, I do think that's something we'll work on over time. But hey, this episode is potentially a step in that direction. Raising awareness. Yeah. So the other thing that was kind of cool was there's like, when you're in task mode, there's like, I don't know, three different ra- ways to run a task. Maybe four. So there's a keyboard shortcut because yeah. we're all about the keyboard shortcuts. There's like mm-hmm. a little hidden run button in the list view. So you don't even have to click on the the task to see it. You can just like hover over the specific icon and it'll switch to a play button. But the, the thing that's a little bit funny about that one is some of the tasks have options you've got to provide to them that are mandatory. So in those cases, instead of a play icon, it's like a little wrench icon. And then that takes you yeah. to the, the form for it. I know you weren't like super excited about that ux but i felt like there were more tasks that you can run in a single click that it it outweighed the you know four or five that needed configuration and we do we do change that icon but that kind of changes the flow path like i I totally get what you're saying like you're, you're teaching a user that this button will run something immediately yeah and you're doing it on you know 40 of the 50 tasks and then these other tins, it's suddenly like a gear, you yeah. know, or the cog, because you have to configure it before you can run it. So like, totally get you. In editor mode, that's actually a non-issue, I, I noticed, because everything's just paced to the other side. Yeah, well, because so. all the configuration is done in the YAML editor, so. Yeah. No matter which mode you're in, there was always a little challenge, a little UX challenge there. But I think it made sense to, to me, and I, I think what ultimately kind of decided that was we felt like, well, hey, there's more that you can run. And the whole point of the screen, the whole point of us making the screen was like these single, <laughs> single clicks. Click. So let's just make sure we can, you can single click run anywhere. Yeah, for sure. And then I think there's also, there's an icon like when you go to the task details view as well, that's in the heading. Mm-hmm. And now that one as well is a run button. So there's like run buttons everywhere. If you want to like run a task, just like click somewhere and it'll run. <laughs> I think it was Freak that in like one of the final demos I gave him, he was like, you should be able to run. It's the whole like at the top and at the bottom. Like, you know, when you're on a landing page, have your call to action like yeah. right at the top. And then if someone's going to start scrolling, you know, have it again at the bottom and, and you know, maybe even midway through as well. So yeah, like, for sure. that's just kind of what we did was like here. Okay. Run button right away at the top. If you go into the detail, there's one at the top. If you scroll away to the bottom, there's one down there too. Yeah. Like some of the tasks, they don't really need much of an introduction. They're like just a quick sentence. There's no before and after code sample. So like the run button is right there at the top of the screen when you open it. But then there's others yeah. that have a bit bit longer documentation. They've got some before and after example code. And so the run button ends up getting like you've got to scroll to it. So yeah, it's kind of little micro optimizations are fun though. Yeah, I think all in all, it it definitely works. So hopefully, hopefully people are aware though, is the point of that little hover over single run. Yeah. So there's a couple other quick keys off the top of my head. Of course, if you're in editor mode, another nice thing is you can do Command-B or Control-B to build your tasks and, and run them all at once. Mm-hmm. And then that'll kick up the little task log, which that too has a quick key. So when that is expanded or collapsed, you can do Command-Shift-L, I think That's it is. It. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then that'll either toggle it either so either toggle it up or toggle it down or expand collapse whichever you want to call it yeah i find myself using that one a fair bit so that's why i kind of commit that one to memory now that one actually opened a good issue just as a quick tangent people were actually using that and they would go ahead and run their next build but then it would kind of override 
the current task log because there's only one yeah. task log. So I think that's going to be a future enhancement is to, if you run another build, it just kind of gives you another console task log, you know, kind of tabbed approach down there in the bottom. Oh, yeah. That's a lot more state to manage, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's why we didn't do it right away. But yeah. I do think it makes sense. Like if you're kicking these out while you're waiting for the rest to run, like it's a usable. Oh, yeah. Or it is a use case. It makes sense. But like the developer in me is like thinking about how nice it is to be able to reset state back to like when you reload a web page, you know, you're always starting from fresh state. It's always nice to be able oh, to just geez. clear all that state, get back to a nice fresh, fresh state again. You always get like bogged down and the initial thought always like you get there in the end, but you always get so worried like <laughs> in the beginning of like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to do this and this and how are we going to do that? And oh my God, I guess I do it too, but I, I also trust our awesomeness, you know, as programmers to figure it out yeah. along the way. I just start seeing all these code paths in my head and I'm like, ah, oh. and then when I've got to test it, I've got to go, oh, now I've got to test it I in this know. situation and I've got to test it in that situation as well. But you get weighed down by it. I worry about you. You got to. <sighs> You gotta stay optimistic. And I need to get better at my like front end testing game as well. Oh, yes, yes. We should admit that there are pretty much no tests for the electron. Not um, for the electron app. side. I mean the most of the tasks that run all have tests. There's a fair bit of mocking involved, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the underlying tasks are definitely tests because they're part of the shift code base. But the electron app itself, like clicking around. I'm I know Marcel's course mentioned some kind of testing bit. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the focus, but he, there definitely was a video on like, you know, here's what he used kind of thing. Yeah, like so, you could do like anyway. unit level tests on the view components easily enough. I don't know how to do like a full integration test kind of thing, like a Cypress style thing. I'm sure Electron probably yeah. has some sort of a little test wrapper for it, but... We'll definitely have to look into it over time. I find whenever I play with new code tools my testing kind of disappears because I just need to explore and play with things and just see what happens in front of me. And I only really get into like TDD stride when I'm doing like stuff that I'm really familiar with. And I kind of, you know, already know the code, I guess. It's all a spike in the beginning. You yeah. Know? I don't think it's very common that people go into a brand new language and like they write a test first. Like you don't even know the syntax. of it. It's a yeah. total chicken egg problem. Like it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't give yourself too hard of a time. Yeah. You can do like a unit test, like test it prints hello world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think going back to some of the quick keys, like a couple more, and then I think that's kind of all of them right now. But uh, the classic uh, command K or control K search. to focus the search bar. Yeah. So, and that works in both modes because you, you have search in both of the task or edit modes. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like there's one more that we're missing. Oh, there's like... I don't know why you would do this in task mode necessarily, but for edit mode, you can do, of course, the the classic, you know, command S to save or command O to open. Like yeah. if you're opening one of those build files that you saved. Uh, but then there's also command N to do a new build. Yeah. And that's just going to kind of like reset the editor and your path and all that kind of stuff. I remember like when we were building it, we initially tried to do a like command R or command shift R for run. Yeah. And that like conflicted with like Electron's built in like refresh because basically Electron's a web browser and that was like its refresh thing. Yeah, because like we call it build on the website, like the workbench, you create builds, right? We were trying to stick with like that vocabulary, right? Yeah. All those terms. 
but you know when you did this like single click run you kept saying run you know you didn't say single click builds like what's a build so we just were like okay well my why be fancy just we'll call it run Run. so i wanted to be yeah i wanted it to be command r to run but i kept refreshing the app and to override that was actually kind of complex and you kind of wouldn't really want to anyway because again it's a browser so instead of like restarting the app you could theoretically just do command r to kind of refresh the state of the application yeah and i I use that when i'm developing i also i also use that in slack sometimes like if slack starts going funny on me because it's an electron app i know that i can refresh it yeah and i looked at some of the other electron apps and i'm like did they leave this in their production build and they did so that's why command b is there for build instead of command r if you're thinking why not why is that not called run so in our app command b runs the app so another thing I want to add to it at some point is to add dark mode because yeah. that's like the cool thing to do at the moment. So I was thinking of live streaming that it's, I haven't done a live stream before, but do I'm it. pretty tempted to give it a go. Don't be scared. Be optimistic. I saw Diana. Yeah. Diana did a, a dark mode live stream for, um, was it for Expose or for Invoker? I think it was for Invoker. It was something. And that kind of inspired me. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I felt bad. I, I got on there for a minute because you were saying like it was really cool. So like I, I jumped on to just kind of see the format. And Adrian, who's like, he's on my streams a lot. And so like, he'll you know, he kind of puts a lot of stuff in the chat. But I felt like I kind of derailed it because he was like talking about come to my treehouse or something. And then like, oh, right. D, D was like, what is this treehouse thing? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad. Just I'll tell you later keep going i want to invite you to my stream then (laughs) yeah i'll probably be sleeping anyway (laughs) yeah true so but no i think i think those are most of the quick keys so yeah again hopefully uh maybe you got some ideas on how to move around the application quicker of course just being huge into vim we wanted to make sure those were prioritized and uh it's not modal though oh that's the thing about about vim is you know the shortcuts are all modal there's no control shift or anything it's like just just a letter on the keyboard yeah, you still got to switch to, you know, command mode, though. Yeah, normal mode, yeah. To get the <laughs> normal mode, okay. Well, command so. mode's a whole different thing, but anyway. Oh, I got command mode's actually like command line, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. We should do like a whole Sorry. episode on Vim one day, and I can tell you like, I'll tell everyone why I love it so much. Well, we're g- we would lose one of our five listeners then, so I don't, I'm, I'm scared, I'm scared <sighs> to do it. One day, one so. day I'll take over. I'll just release an episode All secretly. Right. <laughs> Hey, you've got the access. Do it. <laughs> so bonus, bonus, Jess only, Vim. Yep. Vim. I've shut JMac out. One hour podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Colon Q exclamation point JMac. Yep. Nice. So, all right, cool. Well, we'll we'll cut it off there. And uh, I think we'll do one more episode after this. So if you have anything you want to hear about on the workbench or building the workbench or, or Vim. shift tasks. Or, or Vim, I suppose. Fine. Then uh, let us know. Let us and know. And we will yep. talk about that for our last episode. Sweet. All right. See you next time. Peace. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 41.